You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as all of course, this wonderful podcast. And joining me in the other line, because we could not get enough of each other, we had to talk three times this week. Might be a record for us in a non-playoff mode. Mr. Tony East from the West Side Indianapolis News and Forbes.com. Tony, I asked you how you doing yesterday or two days ago. Talked to you yesterday. Has anything changed in the last 24 hours? <laughs> Has anything changed for me in the last 24 hours? Yes, I got to watch a real NBA game today, Mavericks uh, Spurs. So that's something new that happened. The NBA is officially back. The second half is underway, and I'm excited to watch the Pacers in two days. Yeah, I guess the Spurs has some news where their Aldridge is not going to play with them. He's going to be moved. But yeah, I, uh, the Spurs are benching a bad player, is what that headline should be. Yeah, <laughs> and Aldridge will not point become, of Aldridge's career. <laughs> and Aldridge will probably not become a Pacer, but it does bring up the topic of the trade deadline, which is 15 days away, March 25th. And, and today we want to kind of do a little... Uh, From the day this comes out, two weeks. Crazy two weeks, how fast it's not going Call this a little bit of a, of a teaser show for that. Uh, we'll talk why the Pacers might be sellers why might be buyers, and what we think they should do. So do you want to start with what – you want to make the case for them being sellers or buyers to start, Tony? Let's do sellers as our first segment. Um, I always think I, – I, I want to start with sellers um, uh, just because there, there has a, there's been a little bit of a report about a buy they might make, but there's been little reporting about selling. So I want to offer the two cents on that side before we actually get into any reporting and the juicy stuff. Everybody wants to be buyers, so we'll get to that. The seller's argument is pretty simple. Uh, the trade deadline is in two weeks, and the Pacers are in 10th in their conference. Now, they're really close to fifth or fourth, really. I mean, the standings are really jammed up, but I, the reason their record stinks is not entirely like a basketball reason, right? Injuries have been a factor. They traded away a healthy and playing well for them, Victor Oladipo, for a guy who has not played since the trade, right? It, the reasons they're bad are obvious, but even so, if you're a really injured team and you're uh, out underperforming expectations and your season is going to end in a way that you already feel like you know, sometimes teams in those situations make forward-thinking moves. Maybe you dump off some expiring contracts or maybe you trade guys who aren't helping your team win as much uh, for like a small asset or something to another team. You know, that kind of stuff. When, you, when you're underperforming expectations or your record is not where you want it to be for a variety of reasons, sometimes you do that. Yeah, they the Karis Avert move, once they knew that he was not going to play for, I guess now it's been about six weeks, at least probably eight to link it all set and done, was a clear decision to make a, to, to have short-term pain for long-term gain per se, right? I mean, Vic was likely out the door after a year, is what it seemed like. Um, he wants a new contract. He thinks he's probably worth a lot of money. We'll see what he gets actually at the end of the day. He might have look kind of dumb not taking the 40 or 100 million dollar deal they offered him or whatever they got close to offering him in, in that range i think um but yeah it was without warren they knew they were going to suffer a little bit without Karis, right that combination was going to be kind of bad for this team and so it, it has put them in a position where they are not in a great spot to win a playoff series this year because they don't have the seating to be able to win a first round series so it puts them in a, in a spot where they could be selling at the trade line in the sense that they could sell guys in order to play rookie some more in order to set up this team for next year, because that's kind of what the Vic trade ultimately became was a not win now move, but a, a an improvement over the next two, three years move. Yep. So the seller's argument is you like the, for the sellers, you throw out 
the starting five, basically like anyone that's a starter for this Pacers team is good that you don't just like sell them off for stuff. Like they're going to be part of what you'd want the parts you get from selling to you're be retooling. If you're going to sell, honestly, exactly. Really yeah. Are. And they're too good to call it selling. Like selling indicates that you're like tearing it down. They're not doing that. They would yeah. If they were going to sell, you would see Sabonis, Brogdon, Turner yeah. on the market. First well, round picks coming in. Right. This team, that would be, that would be the goal. The, the, the selling that the Pacers would do is like, okay, we have TJ McConnell on a $4 million expiring contract. If we do not, if we trade McConnell to another team for, you know, two seconds or a really high second or whatever, maybe a late first. I don't know if he could fetch that much. Yeah, I thought it's kind of high for a guy starting yeah. last year. You know, maybe like the Clippers need a backup point guard. I don't know. If they trade McConnell because he's on an expiring deal and they don't feel like they can keep him, and then they can say, okay, we'll play a lot more Edmund Summoner and Aaron Holiday. And the exact same logic applies to Doug McDermott, you know, okay, if we trade McDermott, the problem with trading McDermott is they don't have an immediate lineup replacement. Like, in theory, you're playing Sumner and Lamb now with the bench. But, um, you know, if you don't think you can keep McDermott, you could probably get a late first for him. Eh, maybe not because he'd be, he'd be a rental. But you could probably get about the same value, you know, a high second or something for him. Uh, if that is more future value to your team than the chance to keep McDermott, then maybe you look into a move like that. And then Jeremy Lamb is another guy who could be in this category just because he's not particularly helping them win this year. And they have two young guards behind him who they could give playing time to. The problem is trading him in exchange. You would not get assets in return. And if they're going to sell, that's, you know, why would you just get rid of Jeremy Lamb? So the the expiring guys are the most likely here, but there's some other stuff that may, like if you get any offer of value for like Jakar Sampson, you take that. So it's like, it'd be like a little minor tweak to me is what I think of when I think of the selling. It's either dumping and expiring to to grab an asset or, you know, making a minor tweak at the back of the roster. Yeah. One of the problems though with this season in general is that the, what we call the four or five top teams, I guess Philly has most of their first round picks, but like Brooklyn doesn't, Milwaukee doesn't, you're not selling Milwaukee they're in your division. Los Angeles doesn't, both of them don't have first, sons have gotten rid of first round picks, I believe too. So like there isn't a lot of like, turnaroundable assets out there for certain players, right? I mean, I think when you look at selling, look at guys on expiring deals and we'll be back next year, maybe you, don't, you can't, can't or won't resign. Um, like McDermott, like you said, McConnell in that boat. Uh, those are the kind of guys where like, if you're like, well, we like McDermott, but we can't, we don't want to pay whatever it costs next year, which right now this rate is not going to be as much. Uh-huh. As, as, as yeah. I don't think they ago. would do that with McDermott. I don't think they would. I'm just saying it's a, it's a thought they might. Well, make, if you know. McDermott, the next 14 games comes out and shoots, you know, streaky hot McDermott and his three percent. Like he looks like like, you know, the guy we saw the first month of the season was legitimately a ten to twelve million dollar player. Now he's about what he makes. I mean right. Um and uh, you know do you do you have that discussion? I think you figure I think you want McDermott as part of this team next year. So you try to figure out how to make cat space another way. Um this team really doesn't have like there's nothing stopping them keeping the guys they currently have because of bird rights and things like that. But they have an internal cap themselves they don't want to spend so much either it's a luxury tax or whatever then there becomes some some move they have to make luckily by trading vic they got rid of the biggest liability in terms of like the their number of salaries could increase i think they're at what 100 and what nine this year 110 this year no, i'm sorry they're at oh they're at 125 100 120 next year but they're not they don't have anybody that's going to like make 15 million dollars more all of a sudden the way Vic could have theoretically right. and i think that what's what's going to be the threshold 140 before you hit luxury tax. So they have some yeah, space. About they have some space where McDermott goes from making seven to 10. They're still on the luxury tax. and They can afford to resign him pretty simply. Um, same with McConnell kind of things like that. That's, that's what the Karis avert 
trade kind of did was it, it, it locked in a kind of a known quantity salary so they can kind of plan some other guys around that. Um, but I think there's a pretty good case that they could want to sell some of the, some of the bench players, maybe particularly lamb in a way, just to get guys, just to clear some room for guys like Sumner to play more minutes because Sumner looks pretty good. And honestly, right now you might play more lamb and it's hard to justify paying guys ten half million dollars just to sit on your like back bench. Right. If they're trading lamb for nothing in return, I'd be shocked. They'd have to send out a decent asset chest to do that. And if they trade him for an expiring, it's a smaller asset chest. You know, I don't, I don't think that makes a ton of sense, but I get why they would want to do that. You know, maybe if they could trade him for like Nemanja Bielitsa of the Kings for like two seconds or something. I don't know. Maybe you consider that he's an expiring and then you, you play Sumner, you have a little stretch for action. Something like that would be the lamb trade that I think makes sense. Even though I don't think that, you know, I think they'd have to think they're getting like home run value to do that. And I think Jay Michaels reported about their trade aspirations like they they're not like actively in talks for anyone specifically and but if a trade like that came up they would do it still that's yeah, the vibe I, I get i think the lamb thing could could they kind of become part of one of like if there's a big ish trade right i mean i don't, I don't think brother bill's gonna be gonna get traded but like let's say kyle lowry does which is also not a 40 probably won't get traded either, so there might not be a big move this time it might be more a summer move but do you somehow the teams that make those kind of moves get lamb in there to kind of help like maybe you take on a guy that's making 17 and they get lamb for 10 and it kind of provides a team that's clearly rebuilding some cap relief next year like that, because you could do that by packaging that and some, another expiring they have or some move like that is kind of what yeah. I envision. Um, and so you may be not getting a player better than lamb, but you're getting a player of equal value who has maybe a different, like who's also something, but maybe you believe will have a better, you know, could play better next year versus the way lamb you're probably lamb. And maybe I think lamb will just get better defenses finally as he gets healthier. I mean, that's also a possibility. Yeah. To roll with that. Um, so I want to say that I think the, the, the seller path being appealing to the team and maybe a, an option they take, not again, not like selling off everybody, just the, this segment thesis is I don't think they're going to run it back with the same team three years in a row. And maybe they make a trade in the offseason. Who knows? But well, I think not. the Karras is a new player. Well, I know, but I mean, just re-signing the same guys with his off seasons again. And like you mentioned earlier with the cap stuff, McConnell salary is going to go up probably like double and McDermott's is going to go up a little bit as well. They maybe can't afford both. It might be impossible. They can keep both in standard, but then they are running back literally the exact same roster two seasons in a row. So you, they might know that they can only keep one and they can do extensions with those guys. Maybe they do that right after the trade deadline. Uh, once they know that they're still on the roster. But I think there's a chance that in the back of the front office's mind, they go, okay, we only know we want to keep one of these guys. Which one is it? Let's dump the other one. I think that's a, a, a smart thought if it gets to their head. I also think keeping them makes sense too, and who knows what value they can fetch. But I, I think it's plausible that one of those guys gets dumped for that reason. I think, I mean, the running the back, back thing is it's their, their caps. They, they're above the salary caps. They kind of have to. Oh, sure, that's sure. kind of what that means. And I, I think they – we talked about this yesterday, but I think you convince yourself. We haven't been healthy. When we're healthy, we're going to be great. So I mean, that's always the carrot out there. Yeah. And I, and I I don't I don't know if you if you pay McDermott ten, you pay McConnell six or seven, if that isn't still a tradable still right away, right? It's not like this ridiculous deal where you have to run it back. Like I think, and you're paying the guy double what he makes. Obviously, there's a number of McDermott where like they'll run him back, but not at like. Can I uh, can I uh, mention a scary thing to you? Sure. Maybe scary is the wrong word. You say six to seven for uh tj mcconnell yeah you would say that tj mcconnell is better than Corey joseph right 
Sure. Yeah, remember when Corey Joseph left the Pacers? He got three years, thirty-seven million from the. Yeah, but the cap was different. There's a ton of money out there, not as much. The cap was less uh, than than it is. No, no, the cap. I don't. Well, I mean, he signed in twenty nineteen twenty. The cap was less than. No available cap space. There's a ton this summer. Really? Not. I thought it was a lot. Like 2019 was a huge cap space. There was a lot then as well. Right. I thought there was less now because the way. I guess they hasn't really. push the cap down right they just read the desk maybe, right? maybe that's what mcconnell's market ends up being but i think it's plausible he reaches full mle territory really that's i i mean i yeah uh, i mean but do you think it's for more than like two years I and mean, that's the other thing uh yeah two or three, two or three. right if you get it for two years then it's one year expiring which makes it tradable i don't i don't know i mean sure i'm just i'm just saying i think that that's why i'm i'm less bullish on them keeping both of mcconnell and mcdermott next yeah, year. yeah I, I guess my other my other counter would be well if he gets that kind of money it's because he had a great season and maybe he's going to be that good next year he is having a great yeah season. yeah and you kind of <laughs> kind of need that point guard because you're not what are you going to play in holidays your point aaron, guard? exactly aaron holiday not being good this year makes that a lot harder yeah I, I i feel like the decision is coming down to right now is because they don't have a ton of young talent right it's, it's sumner or holiday and if the way holiday's playing it's not even really worth like the, the problem is they can't get this evaluation we've gone way too long on this one thing but yeah if karis and tj they, they can't see karis and tj warren before the trade deadline because if they were both awesome between lamb uh karis tj warren justin holiday they'd have four wings that are capable enough to have a wing rotation without mcdermott and they don't get to see that they won't they don't know if that makes any sense uh or anything like that so the argument from McConnell is that they've been able to evaluate him and Aaron Holiday for a full two seasons. They don't have that luxury with the Wings. So, again, I think that the seller's possibility with those two guys, given their salaries next season, are both going to go up and the cap is barely going up, means that one of them could be in jeopardy, but I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying there is log- very strong logic to that happening. Yeah, and I think when we get to the end of the show, we talk about what we think they'll do. I think that this, that plays into what I think will happen, but I will save that for the end. Let's do it. Let's take one break and we'll talk about why I think they could be buyers in uh, this season's trade deadline. But first, today's Locked On Pacers Podcast is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. We're doing this awesome partnership where we talk about the Ultra Player of the Week. Hasn't been a ton of games this week, as you know, Tony. But I think for Ultra Player of the Week, for the Pacers at least, it's got to be DeMondis Bonus. Wins, wins the skill challenge, scores his first All-Star points, or didn't score any points last, and they also scored two points. I know, whopping two points, but still, got his first All-Star points, got on the board. That's more, that's more important than anything else. And so, to me, he is uh, our Ultra Player of the Week, and you can enjoy Michelob Ultra. It is only 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. Uh, they talk about how great it is, and it creates joy and success. Uh, you know, players don't always play the game just to win. They play it for the enjoyment, and you can enjoy a Michelob Ultra right now. 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? And today's Locked On Pacers podcast is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to place all your sports bet actions. Football might be over, but the NBA, college, basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even has you cover things like awards, TV shows, reality TV. I know Tony would love to bet The Bachelor on this site. Maybe he even does it. Who knows? They have real-time updated odds, props, and anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposits. Use promo code Locked On. That means you get for $100 down, you get $50 free. That's promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's going to be pretty hard to be buyers in this year's trade deadline simply because with the 10 
playoff team format, every team probably thinks they can make the playoffs and wants to be buyers. I mean, I, there, there are very few teams selling, I think, this year. Yeah, I agree with you that the it's not a buyer's market this year, which is bad for it, especially for a team like the Pacers, who are, like we said in the last segment, 16 and 19, right? Yeah, being, I mean, being a strong buyer from their position is dangerous. But theoretically, guess, just three teams are really out of it, right? So Detroit yep. is six and a half back of the Pacers. Orlando's only three and a half. Uh, and then in the West, but Minnesota the, but the is, Magic aren't selling. Like per every report, they're not even selling. Exactly. And then in the West, Minnesota's terrible. Rockets are just as bad. And then the Kings are only four games back awesome. in Memphis, who's a 10 seed. So there are basically yeah. three sellers. And honestly, Detroit is selling. Like I got rid of Blake Griffin, and I don't know what they're selling because they signed him. <laughs> Nobody wants to the, pay. Well, okay. The, the, this is good. You actually kind of took this how I hoped you would. We didn't actually discuss how I'm going to build the buying. Well, the we were on the same one, wavelength. So, yeah. So the, there's not a lot of sellers, but the teams – like the Pistons, they only have one guy who's kind of interesting, and that's Wayne Ellington. He can really shoot. Maybe he becomes available. But, like, basically everyone else they have that's a vet that, like, might end up becoming available at some point, like, doesn't do anything or wouldn't play on the Pacers, right? So it doesn't make any sense. Timberwolves is sort of a similar situation, right? They have some young guys who don't play for them that much that maybe they'd try to trade, but they don't have any vet that you're like, yes, that guy that they're, they would, that, that guy that makes sense for them to get rid of would make sense for the Pacers. And Houston has Mitchell Oladipo who we can't trade for. <laughs> well, yeah, PJ Tucker would help the Pacers quite a bit, but his asking price is going to be so high. And that's where I want to take this buyer's section is I don't think the Pacers will be big swinging buyers. And like, when I say, when I say small buyers, I mean like PJ Tucker might be too rich for what they need to do because if you're 16 to 19, Trading a first for P.J. Tucker is so stupid to me. Like, why would you give up the value it would require to get a guy like that when you're going to – like we said in the last segment, you kind of know the, the outcome of your season anyway. So giving up a first for P.J. Tucker who's on an expiring makes no sense. So that kind of guy to me is, is not something they should go for. If they're going to be a buyer that either need to trade for someone with many years in their contract who's going to remain on – and this has kind of been Kevin Pritchard's M.O. in trades forever, is these guys who have – multiple years left on their deal and are kind of entering or in their prime, right? Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, you can go on and on, on and on the stretch, but Victor Oladipo, uh, Demontis Simonis, that's, that's his MO. And there's like, there's just not that guy kind of available right now. Maybe one does become there, but that's the only thing that makes any sense for buying. So that's why I think if they do end up being a buyer, it'll be something super small, like a second round pick for a, a, a contributor. Yeah, I, I guess another time I throw into the buyer's, buyer's market or the selling market, I guess, would be Oklahoma City because, I mean, they're mm-hmm. obviously in this, like, full-ish rebuild. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to sell their their young talent, but, like, the only thing I think of, do you like George Hill back in a picture uniform? That's about <laughs> the, probably the best. Did, did you know that Trevor Rees is on that team? Because he's never played a game this season. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know that. Because he, he actually would be helpful. Is he still uh, good, though? He's 35 no, years old. I was going to say, you just don't know how good he would be. He's yeah, at least Hill, you've seen. He's 34. You've seen him play. Like, I think he's okay still. I mean, he's not like – he's having a good season, but, uh, you know, he's been good on – you know, he played on yeah. a lot of good teams, so you know he can be liable in the playoffs. See, Ariza's like – I think Ariza makes like $9 million. I don't have um, – 12, 12, 12 and a half. 12.8, sorry. Oh, even better. Uh, he's an expiring, correct? You have that up? Yes. Yeah, so like – that would be a lamb target kind of move to me. Like you trade Jeremy Lamb in a second. But like, a, a yeah, but why would Oklahoma City do? But why would OKC do that exactly? That's why you have to throw in a ton of seconds to make that kind of deal happen. But they, they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do that because let, let's back up, backpedal a little bit to the one report we have of any Pacer trade 
rumor sniffing around buyer market from J. Michael, the indie star, uh, that they uh, made an effort to trade for Garrett Temple from the Chicago Bulls. Let's talk about Garrett Temple. What, is, what does Garrett Temple mean here? I think Garrett Temple is exactly what I mean by a small buy player, right? He's like, he signed for a very little amount, uh, eight point, or, or 4.7 million. Uh, he's scoring like a small amount of points per game, but he's a good shooter. Uh, he's been an okay shooter this year. Uh, he can defend capably, but he's not like so awesome that his price is going to be really high. And something else noteworthy about Garrett Temple is his contract fits in the trade exception the Pacers got in the Victor Oladipo Carousel Vert trade. So I'm not thinking that they're going to be like, like if they are a buyer, maybe they're just looking for a small salary guy. They don't even have to send out matching salary for right. They just wave Keelan Martin and, and get it done. So that's the kind of low-level buying. I think if they if they say, okay, we think we should be in the playoffs firmly this year, let's make that happen. That's the kind of low-level buy I think they would do is something like a Garrett Templer in that kind of price range. Yeah, and that's not moving the needle right now a ton. I mean, and maybe it does once it gets back healthy and you kind of can he has like that that edge piece, but it's not it's not doing it a lot right now. Um, no, and especially with Garrett Temple, like. <laughs> He's a guard. Like, who are you removing from the rotation for Garrett Temple? Like, that, that's an interesting and yet sort of strange uh, salary choice. So he signed for the room mid-level. A couple other guys did that this offseason. Josh Jackson um, with the Detroit Pistons. He's playing a lot for them. They like his youth. I don't think he would get dumped. And Chris Dunn um, for the Hawks. So, like, that kind of salary range. Uh, Kevon Looney, Pat Connaughton, uh, Denzel Valentine, Kevin Knox. Uh, these are the guys that right at that selling range who would fit in that Pacers trade exception if maybe they want to pursue it. Reggie Bullock's another one for the Knicks that maybe if they become sellers, he could be a good, a good-ish fit for that kind of deal. But you know, may, may, that's the kind of low-level buying that if I were predicting a move they would make, that I think they would try to do is like a second for a guy who can give you ten to fifteen minutes a game. Yeah. But I don't think they will do that <laughs> either. Yeah, I mean, I think at that point you're better off just playing your rookie and see what you have with the current roster and making kind of a move in the offseason. Um, I mean, I guess the other thought, I mean, like I said, I talked about last time, but, like, it's, it's attaching yourself to a bigger team's trade to get a player. Like, I mean, I doubt Bradley Beal's going to Like Karis Levert. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if a Bradley Beal trade happens, could you be the fourth team in it to help facilitate some money around yeah. out one of the guys in that trade? Like, I would – well, we talked about the the center pairing yesterday, right? Um, is, is there any shot do you feel like of of Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis being going out in a buying trade? I don't think so, given who's available. But it's 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 yeah, so no big. I mean, the issue is like, like I said, there's so many teams that are in the playoff race. Like, I think a team that's really interesting is like the Bulls, right? I think Thaddeus Young on any normal season would be a guy being sold because he's oh yeah, they could get a ton for him. But I think the Bulls want to make the playoffs, and I think yep. they can make the playoffs, and I think they've been pretty decent. I think they want to the plan tournament has really altered the trade deadline. Well, well, and you have teams like the Hornets and the, the Bulls are a good example. It's the Knicks who, I mean, obviously they're, way, they're actually a decent team this year. Um, or even like the Spurs. And the Spurs are selling some, but most of these teams are not looking to like wholesale sell. They're just trying right. to look, they want to keep some of their veteran talent with their youth to see what they can do in the playoffs. They don't really, I don't think any of those men win a championship, but I think they just like, would like to be competitive in a playoff series. You know, they, they haven't been that way in a long time, especially when you talk about the Bulls, the Hornets, and the Knicks, right? They haven't really won a playoff series in years or even like, you know, got two games off, off off a two seed in a long time so yep. um I, that's the issue i mean the the question is the team like toronto become sellers are they just like in a whole you know i know their big thing was they were kind of going for for Giannis, right that was kind of their like next move and now they don't have that so what's their next move is it a rebuild i don't know i mean I, that's i mean and then it's like 
do you want to trade some of your talent um, to like a competitive team and the best team, the team that has the first round picks a couple years at least is still Milwaukee and you're not trading with Milwaukee, they're in your division, basically. The only time you're trading is if you think you're going to win the trade and that's, if you're selling, it's not going to happen. So my the way I view the market right now, it's just, it's it's going to be rough if you want to be buyers to get something for a good price. You're sort of going to be, you're going to have to give up a lot for not very much. Yeah, and there hasn't been any rumors of any like awesome guys available. Like I think there's sniffs of Harrison Barnes maybe being available. He can kind of help the Pacers, but the Celtics are going. Yeah, but the Kings also think they make the playoffs as well, and they want to. They're the yeah. Well, I think the Celtics would just throw everything to throw him in their trade exception. I think that'd be a very good fit for them. Uh, too, Boston, so. you know, they're the habitual. Did you? Did They'll you, get really close and, and not get it done, right? Yes. Yeah, so did you? Did you, did you see the rumor? They were much more involved than James Harden trade than initially reported. I did not see that. They, I think they, I, I didn't know they were. Okay, in I either saw that as a tweet and it was a joke. I mean, I, I should have. Yeah, you should know that that's coming eventually, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like the well, <laughs> Danny Age leaks. Oh well, we were we were we were like on the on the ten yard line of every major trade in the last 10 years so don't, don't <laughs> you worry um there you go. all right i i almost gave it away so i don't want to do that so let's take one more break and then i want to tell you what i think they should do or what will happen i guess if that makes sense but first today's locked on pit pockets also brought to you by rockauto.com rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for autos and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need for your car. You're talking engine filters, carpet, uh, those things that help protect you in the, in the winter to make sure you weatherize your car, all kinds of stuff you can buy on rockauto.com. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and get the specifications, brands, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, price at rockauto.com is reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck. Right, locked on. The how did you hear about us box? They know that we sent you main selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. I think this will be one, well, I don't know if it will be the most, but one of the most boring trade deadlines in recent memory. I think there'll be so little moves I agree. that it will be kind of like, oh, as a trade deadline, didn't even know. <laughs> I agree. I I don't know if it'll be that low level, but I agree with you that. I mean, who's going to get traded? Generally, there what what yeah. what like I don't know. The big trade level. of this season already happened. That's right, part exactly. of the reason that there might not be a trade. Right, what starting level play. player could get traded? I mean, there's some Barnes. <laughs> right, Evan uh, Fournier is a big name. Al player. Horford, right? Al Horford's the other one. I Al think. Horford's a, a good one. Yeah, there's not a lot though. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just so I. That is a big reason why I agree with you that. Do nothing is not what I'm saying when I say this, but the, the most likely Pacers thing is is nothing, like something very minor. Like, remember two seasons ago, they traded uh, Ike Anibogu for uh, uh, Nick Baldwin, or Nick, Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin, and then immediately caught both guys. They also got a second-round pick for doing that, and that's why they did it. Like, maybe that is something they sniff around. Like, if a team wants to duck under the luxury tax, the Pacers have enough wiggle room to be like, okay, Keelan Martin for two minimum guys, and they just cut both of them. Maybe they do something like that. That is on the table. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I think the buyout market would be more interesting than, frankly. Than yeah, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond. Well, uh, even for the Pacers, like, I think there could be a player who they're like, oh, he might be worth bringing him in and cutting Martin like that. Just to, well, yeah, or they need yeah to that they, if they thought that was an option, they should have cut Martin before his contract guaranteed. Yeah, but so it doesn't, I don't it doesn't know really matter. I mean, they, right, I mean, they no, should. but when you're close to the luxury tax, it kind of matters. So How close are they right now to the luxury tax? Like $4 million. Oh, so I don't think they do that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you possible. 
if they brought in a guy, how much would a buyout guy like not like a high level one, like a Trevor Booker buyout guy is probably. Under- yeah, yeah. I mean, if they if he he could play till Warren comes back, if the guy's willing to accept a tiny role that might go yeah. away completely in a month. Was it West Matthews? Was their last buyout guy they got big one? Yeah, they got the best buyout guy in the league that year with West Matthews. That was a huge acquisition. Um, but yeah, that you know that's kind of why a lot of these teams wait too, is that kind of stuff can happen. So yeah. I'm gonna just run through some names if, if okay. you don't mind. These okay. are guys who are on expiring deals and are in the in the legal salary range for a straight. Up I can't believe you're doing names. You you told me before this show. I'm not this, gonna let any this, player. In. Okay, let me rephrase that. I hate doing names of other teams of guys who aren't like actually in rumors. I think that's stupid. Like that's why I brought up Garrett Temple and I said Wayne Ellington earlier. I just chose him because he's a vet on the Pistons on an expiring contract who I feel like they should trade. But anyway, these are names that have not been in any trade rumors. Actually, one of these guys has, but. They are in the salary range where if you trade Jeremy Lamb straight up, you could get them, and they are on an expiring contract. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the reason that, that the reason I pick these names or I say these names, this is just straight up reading off the salary list, is if the Pacers want to keep both of McDermott and McConnell, and they could they could signal to fans that they have intent to keep both by trading Lamb for an expiring, they don't want to resign, and then opening up more room under the tax to keep both of those guys. And I don't think so, that's a terrible plan because Lamb is not helping the team that much right yeah, now. Yeah, it'd be Lamb in like hopefully maybe like four seconds, but nothing else. Yeah, not it would not take four because no, like he, he's been pretty rough, especially in defense. But he's like good, you know, he can help. All, all I mean is Lamb and, and not a first round pick is what I really. Yeah, mean. and he's only made twenty million guaranteed. It's not so bad. So here, here's that list. You ready? Yeah. The first name is the guy who wasn't in, in trade rumors earlier this season: JJ Redick, Trevor Ariza, Kelly Olynyk. Tony Snell, Lonzo Ball, that's not happening. Yeah. Paul Millsap, that's also not happening. Dante Exum, uh, Lou Williams, and I think P.J. Tucker might barely make it. I think that is the entire list. The only one I think of is maybe Ariza because he's not I playing. i got to go backwards with some math really quick. And Ariza is just to, like, move the cap around, basically? Yeah. Oh, no, P.J. Tucker's too low. Excuse me. Okay, so not P.J. Tucker or Lou Williams. So, yeah, of that list, here's the ones that make sense to me. Millsap, no. Lonzo Ball, no. Kelly Olenek does not make sense. So the ones that make – J.J. Redick, I guess, makes sense. He's been really bad uh, for the Pelicans. So if they got anything for him, maybe. But they probably want to spend while Zion's still in his rookie deal. So taking back Lamb might not be something they're interested in. Ariza does make a little sense to me. Um, the Thunder How bad just, has Redick been? I, I thought, you know, he's yeah. like tears from having a great season. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. He, he did, he's out of the rotation some game. Oh, really? Okay. I'm yeah. not, I'm Under 20 not. minutes a game, and he is shooting 36, he, 36% from three. Is it over? Is it over for J.J. Reddick? Might be over for J.J. Reddick. Right, he's 37 at this point? And yeah. then you don't have to worry about re-signing him. So, like, for the same things as Trevor Reza, he's old, he might be washed, but he might have a role for a little bit before Warren comes back and the, and the Thunder get a few seconds for it. Uh, a Linux not going to be traded. Tony Snell's another one. Same idea as um, these other guys that he's just barely playing for the Hawks anymore. I think he's out of their rotation as well. He's not like a useless NBA player and he can play on the wing. I don't know if he'd play for the Pacers or not. He's been in the Hawks rotation recently since they've had Bogdan Bogdanovich and Chris Dunn out. But when they were healthy for the first nine games of the season, Tony Snell was not in the Hawks rotation. So he so, could be a, ten, a potential one there. But I don't know why they would want Jeremy Lamb, right? So that's why I think Ariza – it makes the most sense of all the names. Yeah, I mean, the reason one makes the Phillips you want to play here. But there actually is one that makes more sense to me. Okay, I'm, I'm just thinking that because uh, he makes enough money where I, I'm assuming some of the main contenders can't quite grab him because he's too yeah. much out of range, right? But so the question does, I lied. I wasn't going to come up with fake trades, and I did it. I came up with two already. Can you believe Of course that? you did. All right, give, give them to me. 
One that was one was the Ariza one. It's okay. Lamb and Seconds or whatever. Yeah, for Trevor I do Ariza. wonder if some other team goes like highly protected first for Ariza just to get because they might. I don't know. I don't know if he's still good, but I think a guy playing 30 games might might be better than if he, you know, kind of the Andre Iguodala role last year for the Heat, where like, yeah, over 72 games, Iguodala's probably not great, but in like 20 games, you're probably solid. So this one is kind of dumb. Uh, I, I'm actually thinking that this might not make sense now that I'm talking. Oh my god, you're just backtracking, forward-tracking. I, I, I just, I might, my only fake trade might be Jeremy Lamb plus two seconds for Riza. Dante Exum. Okay, Dante Exum. He's okay. on the the Rockets right now. He was a part of the James Harden trade. He's out for the rest of the season on an expiring $9.6 million contract. So he might take fewer assets to get from the Rockets just because he's injured and out for the season. The Pacers would just pay him to chill, basically. Uh, his bird rights aren't invaluable. He's Well, 25. they could right trade for him, then cut his cut him if they want him and use his, his roster functioning, right? Yeah, they could also cut him if they know he's out for the year. Not a terrible... Uh, not a terrible idea as well. So maybe if, if they would take fewer assets in exchange just because he's not giving them any value to have Lamb play on their team. Uh, and they're also rebuilding, right? They're in the same spot as the Thunder where they're, they're probably going to trade P.J. Tucker. They're in a teardown. Uh, they, they want to trade Vic after he turns on this extension, right? All that stuff. Maybe they would take the assets in exchange for Exum and they'd have to deal with paying Lamb for one extra season. So those are my only two trades as we navigate what they could do. That I think make like obvious sense. Or Lamb, wait, wait, right. What? Or Lamb go to the Cavs in this move. I'm sorry. Is Dante a Cavs? Dante Exum's on the Rockets. Okay. He doesn't play that. He would fit the Rockets. Lamb would, right? He would fit the Rockets. He, played, he got drafted by them. <laughs> he got, shoot, shoot a bunch of threes and don't play. Immediately them. traded to uh, the Thunder, but still. Yeah, so those are my two because I, I guess it makes, I, like we talked about, it makes some sense to trade one of the expiring guys, but. TJ McConnell's too integral to the operation this year that they're going for, and they still want to be good. I don't yeah. think they'd deal him. McDermott not hitting his threes means I guess he's, in theory, a guy they could could sell if they get a first round in exchange. But same idea. If he's struggling, he, he probably is just too integral to the operation to make sense for the price they would get. And then none of the starters make sense to trade. None of the injured guys make sense to trade. So outside of, like, giving up on a young guy, I think the only guy that makes any sense to me, like a lot of sense, is Jeremy Lamb for one of those expiring guys. Yeah, the question is, can you sell Lamb for less in the offseason? I don't know. This might be the time to move him to... Yeah. Well, you, let's say you want his $10 million to give some of it to McDermott and some of it to McCollum. And that's like, that's the whole goal. Yep. Um, is this the time to get rid of him? Because you can kind of get him for one of these other expiring guys. Or is there going to be a better deal this summer? And that's what they have to decide. I mean, or, I, I, or Adam wants to even take it a step farther. They don't have to get to the summer, right? They could extend McConnell and McDermott right now, today. There's nothing stopping them from doing that right now if they wanted to. Yeah, I think so you want to. I don't think they would. Season. I don't think either of those players want that. I think they probably want to be free agents. But if you agree to something, then you might be able to open up your MLE a little bit even next year in a way that you wouldn't have earlier. So I think there's some value to all this. But but the problem is Lamb hasn't been that good, so it's it's kind of hard to trade him as well. I mean, Lamb has been – we looked it up actively bad, like the worst defensive player, player on the Pacers by, like, far. So if they just, like, suck every game till the deadline, maybe it's more likely they trade those expiring guys. But in general, as we navigate through this and talk about bench players and no starters, I just think the most likely thing that happens is, is nothing. I think the most likely Pacers outcome is they, they pass the trade deadline to the same roster they started it with. I agree with you. We went, we went like 36 minutes and we came to the conclusion that they're not going to do anything. <laughs> but there is good reason to trade a, a, a handful of guys. I'd say a handful. I could see Aaron Howell. I know it's the last minute. I think they could – I could see if they could, they, they could just put 
Lamb and Holly, Aaron Holly together and, as an asset and just get rid of that because I, I could see him picking <laughs> up on Aaron Holly, but oh, I think dear. they'll have another year before they decide to open on him. Just because he's uh, – I don't know. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Like if a team said we want a first and they said not seconds, he said, well, I don't give you a first. How about you Aaron Holiday? I could see. How much bigger can you get with the salaries there? Can you do that? Man, never mind. I'm you get it for a reason that. easily. That's 14. Yeah, Goga and Aaron are interesting because they're like – Underperforming first round picks, so they have so like, good, though you can't give up on. He, right, I agree. Can, yeah. but they both they both have some value. So can they be like aggregated into something to help you there? But but I would not use Aaron Holiday in a salary dump with Jeremy Lamb. I think that'd be stupid. Yeah, I would agree. But I'm just, I mean, it, if you really think Aaron Holiday is not going to pan out, then it's not stupid. I mean, that's I, I agree with that. That's the that. you must move where you say I don't think Aaron Holiday's going to be be anything. <laughs> I I don't want to insult anyone too much, but. With how much faith that the Pacers front office has put in Aaron Holiday, given uh, past rumors of stuff they could have moved him for, I would say that they are probably not going to trade him just because they don't want to give up on something they have. I say that Mike Conley thing went went really one way and back the other way, and then back again the other yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the that's one of them. Yeah, that you go, oof, man, like that. Yeah. Well, originally you're like, oh, they should have done it. Then it was like, oof, I guess they got it. Oh, Conley sucks. Never mind. Good job. And, and then, oof, oh, they should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we should say that like the Utah Jazz basically have the team the Pacers like kind of could have, right? They could have a menacing defensive center with Bojan surrounded by Bojan, Mike Conley, and um, a really good guard if he stayed healthy, right? And that's the team theoretically. If it, Let's like, close out our trade deadline discussion with the Utah Jazz, but I agree with you because remember the Mike Conley stuff kind of started heating up right before Vic got hurt in yep. 2018, right? So you're kind of like, oh, interesting. So they could have had Mike Conley cast as Mike Conley on the Pacers. Vic cast as Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Miles Turner obviously cast as Rudy Gobert. And, uh, Bojan you know, cast as Bojan. Yeah, Bojan cast as Bojan. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this kind of matches up really well. And remember, they started Derek Favors and Gobert together for a season. There's yeah, but the problem is, is I think Turner and Oladipo are worse versions of Mitchell and Gobert. So like, they, not- No, no, no. Depot at the time was better than Mitchell is now. Yeah, but what Mitchell, even Mitchell right now, like today, Mitchell? Uh, yeah, that's close. I mean, it's that's close, close, but Turner's not as good as Gobert. No, no, Turner's definitely not as good as Gobert. I mean, Mitchell is is like. But yeah, that that you're basically the Jazz at that point, which is kind yeah. of funny. To well, think. and the Jazz basically are the Pacers from 2013 and 14 too, so it's it's all circular, essentially. Yeah, yeah. All right, you know, that's, good. A, that's our end of our trade line discussion. Think of the trades the Jazz made in the last couple of years. Maybe that kind of stuff makes sense. <laughs> well, it's a good basketball team right now. They're twenty-seven and nine, which is pretty impressive. Anyways, um, this has been helpful for me actually running through some of this stuff. So yeah, so Tony will have a podcast tomorrow previewing the Lakers game, and we'll be back again next week with our weekly show. Normal schedule from here on out, unless you know trade deadline, trade stuff happens. But you know, games weekly shows every Monday probably and then you know game previews game breakdowns throughout the week um you can follow our podcast at locked on pacers tony at teased nba me at from bottom five that is all for the locked on pacers podcast we will see you guys again tomorrow <laughs>